What is up? Welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. It's a good one this week. This is with Babs Sabo. If you aren't familiar with her, she is the co-founder of both Emo Night and Rider Cry, two very successful and very cool companies. I'm really impressed by their attention to detail and what they do, the work they put in, all the little things that make those companies so special. We talk a lot about that, kind of just finding out where that comes from and why that standard is so important to her. In addition, at the end of it, we get into a lot of personal development, mental health, taking care of yourself, kind of a bigger picture past just like always working and grinding it out. I think that's a really important conversation to have, and she had such great insight on that. Last thing I have to say is I really want to hear from you. I'm constantly trying to make this podcast better. I'm always trying to learn who's listening, understand what I can bring to you, guests that I can talk to, subjects you want to hear about, all that sort of stuff. It helps me grow this and understand what to do better all the time. So please shoot me a message. I'm at Andrew underscore FTW. Hit up Babs too. That's at B-A-B-S. S-Z-A-B-O. Let us know what you liked. Let us know what you'd like to hear more of. All that good stuff. I'm serious. It helps me so, so much. With that said, enjoy this week's episode. I'll be back next week with another. For anybody listening that doesn't know who you are, what I like to do to start is just a very quick explanation of who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, My name is Babs, and I founded two companies, one five years ago and one four years ago, one is Emo Night and one is Ride or Cry. And Emo Night is essentially, it, it's a, a brand, a club night. It brings people together through pop punk and emo music. That's the shortest version I can give you. Yeah. And then Ride or Cry is a creative agency. And Ride or Cry came first, right? Second. Oh, it did? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, we started Emo Night when we had day jobs. Oh yeah, yeah. And then by proving the concept of it, mm-hmm. I mean, we just got so busy six months in, like we were leaving our day jobs to go do like interviews with Stryker on K Rock and taking conference calls with, you know, managers to book artists, and um, we just couldn't do it. Like it, you know, Mor- Morgan got fired. <laughs> Actually, he didn't tell you on the podcast. No, he's so open about it. Yeah, maybe like I'm spilling tea. No, 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 because he, his boss, we had TJ and I had the same boss, and then Morgan had a different boss, but we worked in the same building. And um, he got fired, and then TJ and I, our boss was cool with it. He was super supportive, but we just couldn't handle it. Like we were do, we were running socials for Coachella. Like we're doing like huge things, and then we would come home and do an emo night in between weekends and then go back into the desert and like run socials for 15 other artists at the same time. And it just, it wasn't manageable. So we had to quit. So it was legit. Like just, you could not keep up with a day job by the time that it was not on our terms, you know? And then I, I felt bad to, I honestly just felt bad to put my boss through that, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, because if you care about your job, you're like, yo, I don't want to be not, I don't want to be phoning it in all the time. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Damn. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. Mm-hmm. I sh- actually, I should have known that. Yeah. That makes absolute sense. So that's the brief explanation. Mm-hmm. All right. So my favorite thing though is before all of these crazy accomplishments like i love hearing the stories of like what got these people and everybody doing these cool things into it right mm-hmm. and 
yeah, like I guess that's where I love to start these is just like the early days of you finding your thing or finding the beginning of what this led to be. So wherever, like, I don't know, like, I guess I think back to like, for me, it was probably like when I was 13 or so, like finding skateboarding that led to like so many like other things where it was like, oh, wait, then I found music. Then I found all the, like going to shows and all that. So mm-hmm. like, is there a spot in your head where finding, I, I don't even know if it's music for you. It totally but, is music because my parents were both in bands. No way. Yeah. That's how they met. My, what? Yeah. My dad was a fan of my mom's band he was also in a band they were still touring when we were babies when hannah and i were kids and that's so sick yeah so i music is in my blood you know what yeah so it's always been music for sure since day one so it was inevitable that i would end up in a career centered around music that's okay. Wow, I had no idea. And then, are you? That's why I was like, I don't know how far back. Yeah, you're like, well, <laughs> do I go back be... to birth, or do yeah. I go back to my first job, or do I go back to my first job in music? Yeah, There's so much. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you? Were you the first generation born in the states? No, or... I was born in Hungary. Oh, you were born in Hungary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. And then so... we moved out here when I was like nine, nine between nine and ten. Yeah. So your parents, were they touring in the States or where were they? No, um, they they had shifted to being graphic designers by then. Okay. And then they got a job at Klasky Chupo, which is where they made Rugrats and All Real Monsters, Wild Thornberries. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, so we moved to LA so they could do that and just kind of Whoa. Stayed. Yeah, we were supposed to move for a year and then we just stayed forever. Whoa, great. Mm-hmm. damn, your parents sound badass. Oh, they're That's the awesome. greatest people ever. They they're went the from coolest. touring in bands to working <laughs> at that sick studio? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, there was, you know, a period between they had, uh, you know, they worked in graphic design in Hungary for a long time too, but yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Was it crazy coming to the States at nine It was really old? crazy because I was actually thinking about this yesterday because I feel like at some point in my life I had this, uh, like a, self-confidence break somewhere where it kind of was broken and I was trying to really think back to where it was and I think it's because when I mean I'm a perfectionist by nature but uh so I went to first and second grade in Hungary and I was just like a straight A student I was number one in my class I was like I I have to like I got one B plus once and I lost my shit I was crying and I was like the world has ended and then I moved to LA and I didn't know how to speak English. So I would sit in class and they put me and Hannah on totally different. Um, they put us in the same grade. She was like one above and I was below and they just and like evened just, it yeah. out. But they still put us in different classes. And just so we wouldn't talk to each other in Hungarian so we could learn English faster. Oh. So I just sat in class for months like not having any idea what was going on. And so obviously my grades reflected that. And uh, I, I literally was thinking about this yesterday. I think that totally fucked everything up. No, like I get that because in one sense, nine seems super young, but at the same time, nine is old enough to know what's going on. Yeah. And I can only imagine coming to an entirely different place. Yeah, you have no idea what anyone's saying. 
math I was great at. Math I was like, oh, y'all are on this level of math. Like, that's sad. That's <laughs> kidding. No, it's but, it's, but like, yeah, it's like it's uh, universal. You know, you, Mean yeah. Girls, were, were, is it a Mean Girls? But like, math is a universal language. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's from Africa. Have you that's seen right, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, you uh, have, it's Caddy. Is it Caddy Heron? Caddy Heron? Yeah. yeah. Caddy. Or no, have, it's Katie, but then they call she calls her, her Caddy. Yeah. yeah. You have like a that story, sort <laughs> yeah, of. Kind of, but like she still spoke English. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's loosely written about you, except yeah, not at all. Literally, Mean Girls is about me. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So, how long did it take you to like groove in? Not like it, not long, honestly. Really? Within six months, we were pretty well versed in english and that's because if you're under the age of 12 yeah the part of your brain that can learn a language is still i think about that yeah i think I, it's like 12 is the cutoff point so that's where you won't have an accent you can learn it fast and then after 12 you're pretty screwed i think about that so much because now like i'll do like duolingo for like spanish or something mm-hmm. like that and i'll get like five words and i'll be like i'll never get like i'll straight it's give harder up. and then i see sure. kids that speak like four languages and i'm like must be nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn they probably all learned it yeah um, early at an early age yeah yeah because I, I like i would not know like you speak english so well now i literally okay. never know <laughs> can you still speak hungarian yeah Totally. Mm-hmm. But obviously not as well. But when I go back to visit after a few days, I catch on more. Damn. But yeah. Okay. So you then grew up in LA starting at like nine, mm-hmm. figuring out this whole different world. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. So what was it like? What were you first gravitating towards when you were in school? Or like, what did you find like friends that were into music? Or did you find like, I, I feel just, like- that seems mm-hmm. like such a wild time. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, I would fast forward to maybe middle school when I got super into music. Yeah, take me there. And it was, yeah, it was like, or, you know, end of middle school, probably mostly high school. I got super into like some 41, Taking Back Sunday, New Found Glory. And I would spend every weekend going to shows, sometimes by myself, you know, sometimes with friends who also like that music. But it wasn't really cool to be emo then. Right. So it was uh, kind of to keep it on the DL. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I'm 29. So are we, we're like a similar age, right? I'm 32. Okay. So yeah, like a, you were a little bit ahead of me there. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the beginning, like when I was younger and I was finding that, it yeah, it wasn't necessarily cool. Like you were kind of the weird kid. Totally. It was and- like if you didn't listen to like 50 Cent. Yeah, or it was like, uh, what was it, like Britney Spears? Yeah. Which I still listen to, you know? Like I listen to everything, but I I loved going to um, emo and pop punk shows so much. I was obsessed with it. I like loved Some 41. That was my first show that I chose to go to, you know? And I I had my dad take me, and I remember I was in line, and the band was crossing the street. They were playing at the Palladium, and I like almost fainted. Like the first time I remember just being so starstruck. Damn. Yeah. And of course, your parents were probably down to take you to shows yeah, and all that. They're yeah, like, yeah. Slowly, yeah. They were the best about it. I think about oh, that all the time cool. too. They were so nice. Uh, they, you know, they would drive me to Pomona to see bands, and they would just hang out and wait for me outside. They and, were the cool parents. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay, so high school, you're heavy into that. Mm-hmm. And did it cross your mind at all that you would, like, I would imagine that you're like, yo, well, did it cross your mind at all that that could be any type of profession or work or was it no. just a thing? No, it was just a thing. Okay. I had no idea. Um, I had a weird ringing in my ear. 
weird. Um, <laughs> it might be the fridge. That was so weird. It's gone. Okay. It came and went. The fridge kind of has a whistle. No, no, no. It, it was like in my brain. Okay. Anyway, let's carry. <laughs> I had to I had to download a plug-in because I would always hear the fridge whistle. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Kills me. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's that. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like losing my mind here. Like, I went this on is Andrew's where I just completely and... lose my shit. Yeah. He, have a he mental was talking breakdown. about a fridge like, whistle. Like shave my and... head and like. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but... Yeah. So high school, I was such a good student almost straight A's graduated in the top 15 percent of my class but I didn't apply to a single college I was like I'm gonna go to community college and figure out what I want to do instead of pay some absurd amount of money to drink you know vodka out of a plastic container in a <laughs> dorm room and yeah. just like waste two years away trying to figure out what I want to do. So you were very like self-aware as far as like you saw the scope of it and you're like. I think but that's because I grew up in a country that has you know pretty much free education. Oh. Um, some schools you have to pay a little bit but it's so incredibly manageable. So Not then like coming... pay $45,000 for a semester and like good luck paying that back for the rest of your life. Yeah. So you had enough of an awareness to be like, all right, if I do this, it should be worth it. Like, I don't yeah, I should go... know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and if I transfer and get a degree from wherever, that's all that matters. No one's going to be like, well, where did you go all four years? Like totally. all that matters is the diploma. Absolutely. So I don't know why everyone didn't do that, to be That's honest. What I, I had to do that because I grew up pretty, not like poor, poor, but like enough where I was like, I can't just be like, oh, cool, 45K, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Like, that just I wasn't an option. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So community college. Community college. Yep. Um, first class I took was intro to news writing. So oh. I got immediately obsessed with journalism. Oh. So I started uh, getting really into, I got on the school paper. I became the arts and leisure editor um, which again, like I wrote a lot about music and the arts. And then I obviously like oversaw everybody else writing and put together, like learn in design, put like the layout of the paper, all that kind of stuff. And then at the same time, I was working at three different clothing stores doing visual merchandising. So uh -huh. I'd worked at American Apparel, the store called Hardtail, and then the store called The Closet. And I was doing like all their window displays, all the um layout of the store like what should go where where the graphics go all that kind of stuff there's like a whole science to that too right like it that's is a whole everybody's thing. like oh cute like you dress mannequins in the window <laughs> how fun but you have to look at sales reports you have to look at forecasting analytics like all these things to see what should go where and what people should see when they walk in and you know what sells, what doesn't, all those kinds of things. I had a friend that worked at Urban and it was like a similar oh, experience. Oh, Urban is where, like beyond. Yeah, like yeah. she was explaining to me and I was like, uh. Yeah, it's not. That's some rocket science it type is. shit. I thought it was legit. Just like, oh, cool. That, <laughs> yeah, throw those, that shirt on Those the... colors look good together. Run it. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. It's not at all. <laughs> These companies want to make money, I guess. Yeah. Damn. Okay, so you were doing that for three stores? Mm -hmm, three stores and then going to school. So the hustle so you stayed began. Busy. <laughs> so the hustle all began. Was that like, was that you trying to make money? Like, or was For that, sure. yeah? Yeah. Make money. And also I still had no idea what I really wanted to do. Uh -huh. And so for a second I thought, I'll just work in visual merchandising. That'll be my thing forever. Yeah. And then one, one night at American Apparel, it was like four in the morning. And, you know, we had to work overnight. 
just to rearrange the store. Obviously, we don't want customers there. And I just had this epiphany at four in the morning. I was like, this cannot be it for me. <laughs> like, I cannot. And at this point, I graduated or got my associate's degree from SMC. Yeah. Um, and so I applied to one college and it was San Francisco State because they had an amazing journalism program. Okay. So you still liked journalism? Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. I, I really liked it. But I was like, if I get in here, I'll go. If not, I'm just not going to go to college and I'll do... <laughs> I'll do merchandising. Okay. And uh, I never got an acceptance letter, but then I got an email that said, come up, it's uh, it's orientation this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally just got in my car and drove up there and went to orientation, came back down, sold my car, haven't driven since, um, sold all my stuff. My mom and I like packed her car, like drove up there. I found roommates in two days and... I moved up there and went to college there. Damn. So you did it. I did it. Okay. So something that I'm, I keep thinking about as you're saying this, you say a lot of things that you say casually, <laughs> but it takes a certain amount of like initiative. Yeah. You know, like you don't just stumble upon having three jobs or applying to a college or like mm -hmm. learning those things. I applied to American Apparel seven times before I got the job. And I don't even know why, but after I got rejected... I thought, no, I have to, I have to get this job. So I applied at different stores for different positions. And I was like, I'm gonna have a job here. What's the time span in that? Um, so long, cause it was in high school. I applied at one point, um, probably a couple of years, honestly. That's- <laughs> I was just determined. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. Yeah, like that's interesting. Like you said, you were a perfectionist from that early age. Mm -hmm. like. I don't know. Like, I guess it's just wild for me to think about, like, coming to the States, learning a whole new culture, but then, you know, getting into me, finding your groove, obviously, like, you learn English, you do all that, but mm -hmm. just this determination. Mm -hmm. Like, I have, I have determination. That's very interesting because you've <laughs> had that for a long time. Like, Pretty not much forever, I feel like. Yeah, yeah damn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so at oh, a yeah. pretty young age, then you had to have had that American Apparel realization where you're like, this isn't it. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, what, you're probably like, not 20 at like, that point yeah mm, i was probably like 20 22 okay because i i did there was like a year and a half between smc and going to san francisco state damn yeah all right so then life <laughs> continues you do you go up there you sell everything you go up there yeah yeah, yeah. and then same same formula i got a job at mark jacobs which was such a good paying job that I had to take it, but it was five days a week. So I had to fit my school schedule into two full days. So school from 8 a.m. to like 10 p.m. And I the first day I had off that year was Thanksgiving. <laughs> I didn't have a day off until Thanksgiving. I was just hustling. I was like, I have to pay for living here, my, you know, my rent, my tuition. Um, and then I have to finish college. And I was on the school paper. I was on the school magazine. It's like creating all this content. Again, focusing on music. Um, I was the first person at our college to do a video interview with artists that would come and play. And uh, I remember I pitched it to my professor and she was like, that's not newsworthy. Like, we don't need that here. And I was like, well, I'm just going to do it anyway. We can put it up on our YouTube most viewed, most watched story of the semester. And I was just like, hey, yeah. My, and that was the thing is so many of the professors there were so old school, yeah. which I love, you know, it's, they grew up in the time of 
newspaper is yeah. like everything. And yeah. they, I think they had a really hard time transitioning into the digital world, but like you have to do it. My dad, one of his first things was he was in typesetting. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hearing him pivot out of that is wild. <laughs> yeah. And you pivot that's, out of that. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Yeah. I don't think you can go around the union and be like, I'm a typesetter. What yeah. up? Yeah. Got this sick Mac keyboard. <laughs> Put new keys on it for you. Yeah. That's amazing. So they were like very old school journalism and they just didn't get it. Because mm-hmm. the other thing that I was thinking about is like, you're doing so much. I feel like a lot of people could very much get out of liking music during that. Like you're going mm-hmm. to college, you move, you have all this work to do mm-hmm. where you were still, obviously you interviewed an artist. So like music was still a thing. Through it was all still it. a thing. And then also at some point I had another epiphany at Mark Jacobs and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> like I can't oh. work five days here. So I remember one day, I think I went out with my friends and I got kind of drunk and I went home and I Googled music jobs, San Francisco college. And uh, this awesome job popped up to be a college marketing representative at Sony Music. Damn. And I, I applied. I was like, I'm never going to get this. Like I, But I, th- I feel like I wrote this super heartfelt thing of like, I have to have this job. And you got those writing skills now. Yeah. Yeah. And then two weeks later, they called and they hired me. And it was cool. It was basically like, um, you know, they would send me posters of albums coming out. And I would put it up at Amoeba or coffee shops. Then... I would go to the shows of like whatever artist was coming through town and take photos, do a brief description of how the show went, what songs people reacted to, kind of almost just like a report of how the show went. Um, And we did a lot of like online marketing. And then every October they flew all the marketing reps from every city to New York. And we spent a week together doing a bunch of fun stuff. And I met some of my best friends there. Damn, so that was... That was a good ass drunken night to oh, yeah. to have that epiphany. That was that changed it all. Yeah, it totally did. So then again, I'm like, oh, I have to finish college, but again, I'm doing this thing that's clearly going to lead me right into the music industry. Did you finish college? Oh, of course, I did. I had to. Who are you? I that's don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like my story is like a it's like a <laughs> it's like a similar but with less dedication of like. <laughs> I go to college for the two years and then meet my friends that are touring in bands. And I'm like, uh, that's better. That, that'll be the thing anyway. And yeah. drop out. And you're like, no, do it all. I really Deal with the long days. could have done that, honestly. But, but respect, though. Yeah, college really teaches you time management. And it's not about anything else you learn. It's about like being on time and yeah. time management and and keeping track of things. And yeah, I don't know. I think that like those are the skills I learned. That's a good, honestly, like that's a cool perspective. And I think you're right because the, do you really remember the nitty gritty details of specific classes or do you? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Okay. So damn, you finished college, Mm -hmm. stayed in San Francisco. So what happens when you finish college then? So then I moved back down here. Yeah. Pretty much immediately because San Francisco is, I think at the time, I don't know if it still is, but it was more, more expensive than New York. Yeah. I think it is now again, too, because all the tech companies moved in there a few yeah. years ago. But it was unlivable. Like, I was yeah. living in a walk-in closet. Oh, <laughs> so was it was, like, insane. it was the yeah. thing that people talk about. Where you're of like, course. Yeah. I lived with seven other people. It was, like, the real world. But it was so fun. It was so cool. You look back at it now and you're yeah, like, Yeah, I'm like, what? That was so cool. Um, so I moved back here and immediately threw my back out, uh, which I now know is not a real thing. And that it was all from stress. It was years of built-up stress. And the second I walked, I or I, 
I came back, I was at Hannah's apartment and we were watching. I remember we were watching the Katy Perry documentary sitting on her floor and I tried to get up and I like fell to the ground and I took me months to recover because my body was literally like, you have to lay down for a while. (laughs) I had to go to physical therapy. Like I literally, my body shut down. And yeah, and then the second I got back up, I went to Joshua Tree, I did mushrooms and then I came back and I got a job at CAA as an assistant through call like Mar- Sony through the college marketing rep program. My Whoa. boss there was a college rep at one point. And it's a very like culty thing. Like you help those people out forever. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that was like my first actual job in music as an assistant. In. And was CAA the job that you ended up having to leave when Emo Night started Mm-mm, popping off? It was the job after that. Okay, so then... So I was at CAA for two years. I did digital strategy for one year, and then I worked in touring for a year. And then I left there, and I worked at this company called Versus Digital. And that's where I was for a year, then left and did... You're fucking qualified. (laughs) I've seen (laughs) it all, I feel like, yeah. Jeez, that's that's nuts to me. You've... I had no idea that you have done so much and went through a full college education, all of that happening Mm -hmm. and almost two different lives because you could have had a whole different life in retail Mm -hmm. if you had wanted to. Mm -hmm. Or I could have been a journalist. Or journalism. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. So, and then tell me again the last company that you were at. So it was this company called Versus Digital. And what were they doing? So, okay, basically this kind of ties into how Emo Night started. I knew TJ or I met TJ through this girl, Ari, that I started at CA on the same day with. Cool. And I, I think we were in Palm Springs for her birthday. And that was the first time I'd ever like actually hung out with TJ. I feel like I'd run into him here and there. And we sang Dashboard Confessional together. And at the same time, so then at, the, at that time, we're like, we should start a thing at a bar where we play this music because, you know, there isn't a place like that in L.A., but then at the same time, he was like, also, because I was talking about how much I hated being at CAA. And he was like, well, we're also hiring at this digital agency that I work at. You should come and um, interview. And so I started working there and we started Emo Night pretty much at the same time. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Also, props for actually doing the thing. How many times do you have <laughs> yeah. those conversations where you have like yeah. this incredible thing and you're with your friends and you're like, what if we did this? Yeah, what if we like went on the moon and we- <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you never hear that followed by, yes, yeah, so we did it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, lots of ideas, I feel like. That's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> so similar time, you're starting that. And Emo Night started off as like a pretty small, what, it was like Wednesday, was it? It was like a weekday night. Tuesday night, yeah. Tuesday night. Well, it's because we, um, Morgan, Morgan's friend worked at the shortstop and he asked if we could do it there and we wanted to call it Taking Back Thursday. But they said Thursday is so busy, they wouldn't let us have it. They're like, well, your night is probably not going to do that well, so we'll give you a Tuesday. So we had to call it Taking Back Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, Kind of like that. Still sort of works. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all the same. But we were like, anyway, it worked. So we should do it again. And then we did it there twice before moving to the Echoplex. It only took two times. Am. Damn. And I mean, then- it was just... It wasn't, it couldn't contain the party. Like there was like a line and people couldn't get in. And um, at that time, did you, did it process or did it register to you? Like, 
oh, damn, we might have just made something real special. Or was it just kind of like, Not well, really. we're having fun and we got to fit more exactly. people. Where exactly. Do we get, yeah. 100%. Okay. We were just like, this is a problem. We have to solve it. Yeah. Like that was it. What was the first time that it kind of registered to you of like, oh, this is a thing? Probably at the one year anniversary. Okay. <laughs> maybe. So 12 of them. It was one a month, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because everything was so crazy that I I don't think we had time to sit down and really think about. Yeah. And I don't think we we still do. We don't have like a five-year plan. You know, we just kind of roll with it. Well, that's the best part though. Yeah. It's like the whole time it's, it feels authentic, right? Like you go to those and it, it's it's just people having fun. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, there's a sense of just honest, authentic fun. Like yeah. it doesn't need to be some big pretentious thing it doesn't need to be anything it's not it's just like yo come hang out sing these songs with your friends yeah but it's so cool that it's turned into what it has it's incredible it's awesome and surreal yeah well okay so the other thing that is really important to me because i don't know if you realize it but you not to be cheesy mm -hmm. emo night was a very bit it changed a part of my life in what way because I met some of the most important people in my life through it Amazing. in a really weird happenstance way okay. where I was working at Equal Vision, kind of was checking out because I was getting really excited about like SoundCloud and all of like the alternative hip hop and everything happening like that. So this is all happening. And in my head, I'm like, man, what if I just like start a label or something to like help my friends put out music? And the first artist that I ever worked with was Family Pet. Okay. And then Emo Night Day happened and Family Pet, you guys randomly booked them. Yeah. And I don't know how that happened because mm -hmm. they were so under the radar. And it was the, I don't know, it was later than a year. It had to have been. It but was at Emo Night Day. Emo Night Day. Yeah, that was like year three. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. pretty deep in it. But yeah, year three. by that time, that was at the shrine. Yeah. And there was this little stage that had every up-and-coming relevant artist on soundcloud mm -hmm. and no one was paying attention to that no. and what please tell me what that how did you do that how did you find every artist then well um i wouldn't want to take credit for that honestly because uh these guys called um, Ham on Everything Adam they, yeah Adam and Romo oh. they DJ the Echoplex patio yeah. Every month at Emo Night. And they kind of curated a lot of that. Cool. Um, so obviously we're super aware of a lot of them. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of like goth boy click come yep. through different Emo Nights. And, yeah. and uh, you know, we support them so much. But I think Adam really helped curate that whole stage. And he's so in the know of all that. All okay. That kind of Crazy. Stuff. So, yeah because credit, credit to him yeah shouts to him yeah. and that's cool because he's been throwing his own shows and doing things yeah. like that like he has his own lane for sure mm -hmm. but that was so crazy because even bigger than myself but i go and meet family pet there and then through them i meet shinigami and i meet all of these people that yeah. were all brought together by that night also can we talk about like having to fit these people on our on our flyer like uh, Wicca, Wicca Face Springs Eternal took up a line. <laughs> we were literally for hours sitting. We were throwing an emo night and in between sets, we would be in the back like designing it. 
And we were like, we cannot fit Waco Face Springs Eternal on this flyer. You're like, you want to book an artist so bad. And you're like, the name's too big. We don't know what to do. We have yeah, to and we were just like cross-referencing the spelling of them. We're like, are, are these spelled right? There's no way they're spelled right. It's true. And everything's like either lowercase or all caps. Yeah, it's so all like, like little something. And yeah, it's... <laughs> you accidentally throw Lil Waco Face Springs yeah. Eternal up on there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's unreal. Yeah. But yeah, like that moment was so, in my opinion, that was so important for that entire community because a lot of everyone met that day in person. So just by that happening, and like that's just one little circle, right? That's just my story. That's just my side of it. Yeah. I think about that with Emo Night a lot, and it's crazy. I mean, you and TJ singing Dashboard starts that, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's like... A bunch of people show up to sing their favorite songs, and now they're best friends. And now what? Now Bill and dating. Hannah are now married. Married, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. That to me, like throughout all of everything, building community and like putting things like that together is the coolest thing in the world. So you accident—I don't even want to say accidentally because it wasn't accidental. There was a lot that went into it, but like the bigger picture of what that created on so many levels has impacted so many things, and that's unreal to me. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly what keeps me going because. Sometimes it's really hard to juggle yeah. everything and, and keep it going and, uh, you know, just try to stay sane through it. I mean, there there have been um, last year, I can think of two times where it was the LA emo night and we were getting close to doors and I had such a bad panic attack that I walked across the street to Stories, the coffee shop, and yeah. I was in the parking lot just like having a complete mental breakdown and I would have to like ask Morgan to come out and just like talk me off the ledge essentially um, because it was I was just like I can't go in there and be surrounded by people like it's just so overwhelming yeah um, but then I always remember like it's not about me it's about the people who meet there it's about the community it's about making other people happy and and and, you know, it's brought me so much joy, but I have to think outside of myself and remember that it's not about me. It's about the community at large. And then that's kind of what gets me like back in the room. It brings you back. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I so much get that, though, because and I'm so like this is the perfect transition because I think about that. Right. Like where it started off the first year is a blur. Right. You're just like, oh, get a bigger Completely venue, blur, yeah. make it happen. And it's this like very like just make it happen do it because it's fun thing mm -hmm. and then you hit a level where it becomes a thing where you have to quit your job where it where it becomes the full production and it becomes a real job yeah and not only that but then year two we start touring it oh that was year two it was it was like eight months in we started taking it to a couple of different cities and then um but year two it was heavy heavily touring it and flying to different cities every week, twice a week, um, running Ride or Cry on the road, completely just drained and and worn so thin and, yeah. and honestly not, not uh, taking anything in. Like no moment was special because I was just like on to the next thing. Like what's next? Our flight's at 6 a.m. Like we have to be at that Ride or Cry video shoot at – you know, at noon, we have to yeah. land and go straight there. It was just like, what's next? What's next? And I could never fully enjoy anything that was happening. 
Had you ever wanted to tour before? Like when it started touring? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) It's my greatest nightmare and I don't know how anyone does it. (laughs) And we did our first actual tour last year with 303 and Lil' Aaron. Yeah, so cool. And so cool, but it was the most depressed I've ever been in my life. Because you don't want to tour. I was just like, how the fuck do people, it was the dead of winter. Yeah. (laughs) The dead of winter. We were so cold (sighs) all the time. Uh, these are all just also so stupid because I, I realized like how lucky I am to have gotten to do that. And well, I learned yes. so much about myself. And if I had to do it now, I, it would be a totally different experience. But it was but really I feel hard. you, and you can't help how you feel, and all of that, and yeah. in the thick of it. I'd like you, I don't, I don't know who sleeps on a bus and how they sleep on a bus, but I never Not slept. You. <laughs> I didn't sleep one time. Like every fourth day, I would just take a xanax and just, I just be like couldn't. okay well i, I like, physically okay, every fourth day i'll sleep <laughs> so <laughs> yeah like I, I guess just to that point it comes from this beautiful genuine place of wanting to do something special mm-hmm. and then there's all of the behind the scenes and what it actually takes to keep it special and make it what it is right and part of me understands now where I'm like, oh, cool. Like I understand the person that worked these jobs and made it through college. And I see that you're detail oriented enough and organized enough where you can plan it and execute it. Yeah. But that's heavy. That's a lot. It's a lot. And it's it's you three. The OG three is yeah. you, TJ, Morgan. Yes. And how long was it just y'all? Uh, not long, honestly. Okay. Um. Ricky came on pretty early. Oh, Ricky. Yeah. yeah. He was an intern for a second. Yep. And then we hired him. He's been he's been with us since pretty much the beginning. Okay. So, I mean, but still, like, for what you guys do to have a crew anywhere under... Yeah. I mean, a crew, I don't know, what, like, a that would normally take 20 people? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you've done it on 5 to 10? Yeah, but I mean, Kevin Lyman, look at him. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, he set the example for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Anytime I'm like, how do we do this? And then I have a conversation with him and then I feel like, oh, I haven't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's my spirit animal. He's, that dude is like, it's just like just everything. Yeah. But so, I don't know. I, I guess the point that's so interesting to me is just that, like you keep it, like you remember the community, you remember what it represents and it keeps you going. Mm-hmm. But how you keep going because that's so crazy mm-hmm. and and it's like the whole like new levels new devils thing like i mean what are you working on right now like you just came from me can you talk about that at all or yeah sure we're very actively working on putting together our coachella production and you know what the set is going to look like what our stage design is going to look like uh doing something that's so much bigger than anything we've ever done yeah because you know? we i mean putting on a festival was crazy in itself but it was still on our terms, but something like Coachella is just, it's massive. And yeah. all the things that we do at the Echoplex or venues of that size, we know how to control it. And so if we do a set where five cheerleaders come in and do a dance and then a marching band comes through and plays a song, it's really cool because everybody in the room can see it and everyone can experience it. But at Coachella, no one can see anything past row three. So you have to think about all the stage elements being giant and like everything just being huge and over the top and still translating the fact that we're not an artist. We're not DJs. We 
create an experience and yeah how to how to do that in such a on such a large scale is just something we're trying to tackle right now it's nuts and the thing like i was paying you this compliment before it started is like something that i see in what you're doing and everything you're doing from emo night to ride or cry like the thing that i always come back to is your website <laughs> is the, every bit of it there's this attention to detail that doesn't have to be there mm -hmm. like you would pass it good it's popular enough like it's a known enough thing now it's established people are are there for it but you don't there's this attention to detail in everything and like it's almost an attention to detail that's like it's almost like a fuck <laughs> you to the standard like the way that like it's you'll see it's you guys so much know what you should do and like what the standard is. And then you'll be like, all right, MS paint flames. We're doing that. But it's not like, right. It's not a miss. It's you guys being like, all right. Yeah. And that is everything to me. Right. Really like funny, yeah. I love attention to detail where it doesn't have to be there. And I truly don't understand how you keep that up with these continuous projects. I don't know, but I'm also so happy that you appreciate that because sometimes I genuinely am like, why have we been talking about this one thing for five hours when I feel like the average person is never going to know the difference? I am obsessed with it. I mean, I hope that more people are like you in that because. Well, I like, I mean, from afar, that's what I attribute it being more than just a popular party night too right it's like mm -hmm. yeah we really care about the branding and and yeah. how it looks on every platform and everything to like like even at this point i feel like there is a, a level of influencing culture and and mm -hmm. all of that and the people that you choose to support and the people that you introduce to people that might not know them it's all curated so well and it's all people who get it in a way and I just, I, I truly, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how, <laughs> like, whatever that combo is, but it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think it is, it's like we have the greatest team yeah. ever. Everybody that works at Ryder Cry and Emo Night are just so talented and so dedicated and so smart. And uh, yeah, it, it's, I don't know, we really lucked out, I think, on finding the right people um who really all take it to the next level yeah well, i think that's obviously really important but also i always think about and we always think about this is tj morgan and i are so incredibly different mm -hmm. and that's why it works yeah like the perfect blend of three humans yeah well to me again slightly from afar like knowing you as friends but not knowing it on that deep level is like I feel like you're all the best misfits in the world. <laughs> like you, you all have these interesting stories and you don't quite fit in in a sense, but you're all smart as shit. And like, it's not just like the kid, like the burnout misfit kid. It's like, yeah. you have all of this, like, you know, your discipline and your attention to detail and the way that you went to school and all of that. And like, you know, Morgan's vision for the way he sees video oh God, or creative it's, things. It's, it's crazy. like, and I feel like it is like this superpower. I don't know TJ because it's as like, well, honestly, I don't, but. The things that Morgan comes up with, I could never even. Like I'm more of, I feel like I'm better at the, the like logistical aspect of everything. Yeah. And I still bring a creative element to it, but he's 
on some next level shit. Yeah. And so I kind of like leave that to him at this point. Yeah. Because I'd rather just focus on what I'm good at and what I feel good doing. Yeah. And that's like the annoying day-to-day shit, but. But it's so important. I, like It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I relate to because that Because even lot. with Coachella, like Morgan and TG are like, and then we're going to have fire breathers and we're going to like, just this crazy shit. And I'm like, you guys, we probably can't have fire, you know? And I'm like <laughs> this police officer in the, in the corner, just like, well, we can't have a marching band of 20 people because we won't have that many passes, you know, just like kind of bringing them down to reality. And I probably sound so annoying, but I realized like that's maybe my role. Yeah. It's just like being level-headed and kind of logical (laughs) well that's why like to me like again why i was so excited to sit down with you and understand it more is like i think a lot of people that have the skills that you have in that like role wouldn't gravitate to doing something this risky and different Mm -hmm. like typically you would find somebody that's responsible and good at coordinating events and details in a more traditional role And I think that you set such a cool example for everybody because I think like, I mean, that's how I feel, right? Like the fact that I can do anything with music is like, I'm, I'm a cop. Like I'm just like a (laughs) regular, like number. I like numbers and I like logistics. Like I I get it. Yeah. So for you to make something so cool and special and put that example out there, I think is inspiring for a ton of the next generation or anyone to be like, oh, cool. Like I can like the more logistic side of it and the practical side of it but still make something that impacts culture in such a cool way like i think it just it comes more from uh always at every job feeling like everything could be done better and it drove me insane like every job i had i was miserable because i was like how are you guys like how is this all happening like that could be done better that could be done better this could be more efficient and then i would have to step back and be like that's not my job to like figure out how uh, you know any like anything at american apparel could be running better because that's like yeah, exactly so above my pay grade you know yeah. so now you have your own thing that you I can like this can be done better because then i can do it better yeah yeah it, it, that's really all it is it's like i drove myself into insanity because i just couldn't handle um working at a place that i couldn't almost like control and make better yeah no, I don't know. I, I really feel it. And I relate to a lot of those things. And I sometimes hate the feeling of why do I have to care so much? Why yeah. does there have to be a standard yeah. this high? Nobody's going to notice. No one cares. And then when I see the other people out there that are doing it at that level and better, I'm just like, all right, cool. It matters to somebody. And like, it's like, yeah, I. Yeah, but I wish I just had a lot more chill, you know? Yeah. Well, like, okay. I wish so I could just, <laughs> just like not care this much about stuff. Damn. <laughs> But tell me, so that's another side of it, right? Like yeah. you have evolved, like Emo Night Rider Cry has continued to grow and you have this incredible team and somehow you have kept that detail and you have kept topping yourselves and growing it. But you were saying like, you'll have those nights at the Echoplex where you'll run out and you know, like you will, you're on the verge, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a thing that's really important to talk about of like burnout and like mental stability and how you balance that because on one side it matters so much and like you can't not have that attention to detail but on the other side if you burn yourself out so bad you'll think that you blow your back out and like you'll like physically have effects yeah 
So how have you or do you or are you working towards that? Like, I don't know. I think that that's important. There's so many things I do now. Recently, I've become really obsessed with sleep research, which actually is a relatively new field. Like not not it hasn't been that long that people actually understand why we sleep. And like nobody actually really knows the real science of like why we sleep. Um, but it's very important to know that you have to sleep to, to like perform at your highest level yeah, or even perform at a regular level. And, uh, for a long time, I just, I was really sleeping terribly, especially the first two years of Emo Night. I would lay awake all night and be like, oh, like this thing could have been better. Or like I should have said this in an email. Yeah. And I just would sleep like an hour a night, you know, and we were traveling a lot. So also that disrupted my sleep a lot. But now I'm realizing that if, you know, getting eight, eight hours of sleep is the most important thing because then the all every hour of my day is super efficient and I feel better. Um, so I've just been really obsessed with like doing things to sleep better. That's um, which like, a... it's like putting your phone down two hours before you go to sleep. Just don't look at it. Yeah. Don't look at screens because your brain thinks it's sunlight. And so then you'll have a harder time going to sleep and certain things like dimming the lights in your apartment and, um, trying to go to bed around the same time and waking up at the same time and, um, having the temperature in your room be two degrees colder than you would want it to be because your body sleeps at like better at that temperature just certain things like that yeah um i've become obsessed with um and then i also meditate a lot now i meditate every morning i wake up it's the first thing i do can i ask you a question on that yeah okay so i like i love all of these things and Mm -hmm. i think that they're they're the easiest things to neglect like you're it's Mm -hmm. so easy to put yourself last as soon as you have a project anyone's asking and as soon as you start to, you like the little bits of feeling better and then you're better at everything. So I love it. And I'm yeah. always trying. With meditation, I've talked to a couple different people and I'm always like quick to have my thoughts just go everywhere. Fair, yeah, and that's fine. So what's your technique? Like what, what have you found? You just you have found? to keep doing it every yeah. day. Like there's no secret to meditation. There are people who've been meditating for a decade and- are still thinking like that's the point that's the point is you'll sit there and you'll think about something random and you have to bring yourself back mm. and it's like think about it anything you do continuously you get better at so you get better at immediately noticing it versus like having a two-minute train of thought and then being like oh should i should be meditating and coming back to being mindful yeah but then also think about if you meditate for 15 minutes a day that's 15 minutes that you're not doing anything else. You're not looking at your phone. You're not like preoccupied with a hundred things at once. So even if it's just that, yeah. think about how beneficial that is. Yeah. Even just sitting in silence and like staring at the wall, you probably never do that. Well, the, where I really <laughs> learned it was going to the gym, mm-hmm. the sauna. They have a okay. sauna at the yeah, gym. That's amazing. And it's so hot. It's or a steam room, whatever. Yeah. That you can't do anything except for focus and on breathe. How good does that feel? And it's so good. Yeah, like, but you can't. You probably can't do that every day. No, but so it's way easier thing is just to meditate. Yeah, but that was like kind of learning it at first. Like, oh wait, because it was like it wasn't even the physical like oh hot room whatever. Like it was just like clearing your mind. It was mm-hmm. the first time of being like oh I get it. Yeah. So I kind of get it. Yeah. I'm still working on it. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely tough. I've been meditating for a year, and it's the first 
month that I've been doing it like every day consistently. Damn. But and now you I'm can like feel on it. it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Because even just starting your day, not immediately looking at your phone and being like, oh, like who I'm liked so my shit on Instagram? Like who is, what, what email? You don't need to respond to any email at seven in the morning. Yeah. Like you genuinely don't, unless you have an event that day and you know, like there's like probably some shit you should probably get to. Yeah. You can get up and spend the first hour not looking at your phone and you'll be fine. Yeah. And just see how much better your day is. It's crazy too, because a lot of the really successful people I've talked to have routines like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like you get so hustle bustle and you're like, I need to grind and this and that yeah. and this. And then you look at the people that are killing it and they're like, take some time, you align yourself. Yeah, but you learn that yeah. as you grow. But it's cool. Like, I don't know. I hope with this podcast that learning those things from somebody that you respect, like, you know, maybe you can learn it a little bit sooner by hearing enough people mm -hmm. that you respect say it. You know, anytime I hear somebody say it, uh, again, I'm like, all right, yeah, it's important. Yeah, and I mean, I um, I started going to acupuncture five years ago for my back. Oh, and or maybe it was four years ago, and she um, she's changed my whole life. Yeah, like, uh, and it's really sad because she's moving in four months, and I'm literally devastated because she's changed everything. She literally fixed my back, basically mostly by telling me that it's all mental <laughs> and that <laughs> oh, it's, wow. it all comes from stress. Really? And it all comes out in your back. Yeah. Whoa. Um, she got me off of antidepressants. Um, Huge. I, I'm not even like, I don't even have depression anymore. Um, she changed my diet. Uh, she, like literally everything solely through four years. She's completely changed who I am. And, you know, she, she basically, because I'm always like, oh, I feel like, you know, I'm always hard on myself. I was like, oh, I had like a slice of pizza today. She's like, oh my God, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you can just like, you can fuck up. Like you cannot meditate for a day. You can eat like shit for a day and just kind of like regroup and just like quickly get back to your regular habits that make you feel good. And then she also said, you know, you're like my youngest patient that actually like has their shit together. So just stop being so hard on yourself. Just that little bit of encouragement. Yeah. yeah. Damn. That's, that's sad. I'm sorry that she's leaving. Damn it. It's, 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 I, it's devastating. It's honestly, sometimes I just burst into tears because she told me a couple weeks ago and I'm like, where's she going? Uh, Boise. Because that's where she grew up. So she's just moving back. That's not like a convenient hop on a flight to, no. I know. Like she, <laughs> she literally will in the middle of the night just send me, I'll be, I'll tell her, oh, I've, you know, I've been having like a headache once in a while and she'll send me a five paragraph email of different supplements I can take or different things I could read about headaches and she like just gives a shit. That's cool too that like I, I again I don't want to have my own personal bias but I think that there's a lot of basic things that you can do to solve things before you have to turn to like some crazy solution mm -hmm. or like antidepressants or things it's like sleep and food and nutrition mm -hmm. and stress and like I think that's all stuff that you can work on without medicine and that can help a it lot. It just takes it takes a lot of time and it it's honestly it's also a matter of like uh being able to afford things like that, you yeah. know, because it's like food like good food is expensive. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know a lot of like a lot of the things that that I think can make people change are not really uh as accessible as they should be. Yeah, Which that's sucks. actually fucked up. It's really fucked up. I mean, there's small things, right? Like you can cut out junk food and eat 
to some degree better for a similar price if you're cooking at home you can meditate yeah. but like yeah but even cooking at home think about it if you're a really busy person yeah fuck you're right you know because i've been trying to get better at that but then some nights i'm just like i Can't. i don't have time like yeah and it it sucks but yeah what would your advice be for anybody that does feel like they're in that spot like what what's the first easy thing that you could do or that um, you so felt? i just read a book called atomic habits yeah and i really recommend that because it's all about um the fact that you just have to make these tiny changes here and there and they'll all add up oh cool um, and that's what it's about it's not like and that's why johnny minardi would kill me if i said this but i'm gonna say it new year's resolutions drive me absolutely insane Oh, you know, he had his whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, it. fuck you and for like, anyone stomping on you. And here's my thing. I, I'm i all about people being like, um, you know, it's a new, fresh start. I'm going to be a new version of myself. But I just wish that people realized you can do that at any point in the year. You can wake up on March 22nd and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to try out being vegan. Yeah. And but most importantly, you can just make these tiny, tiny changes. Yep. So like right now I'm trying to cut back on um, using plastic and packaging. And so oh, I'm just yeah. starting really small. Like the cotton rounds I used to wipe off my makeup, I bought like um, like cloth ones, like reusable ones. Or, um, you know, when I travel, I take a, a coffee mug and a water bottle with me. And so like if I go to Starbucks, I'll use my coffee mug, like just like little things. So I'm not yeah. like I'm cutting out all plastic because right. I couldn't do it. Yeah, that that's an interesting point. And I see both sides, right? Like it's like, cool, don't hate on people that are trying to better themselves. And I, I, I don't that. hate on them. Right. At all. But it's the yeah. other side of it where it's like, don't set yourself up for failure. It's so much pressure. If you do this whole grandiose thing, cool, it's 2020, January 1st. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to change all these things. Then as soon as you fuck up. You feel like shit. You feel like shit and then you quit. Yeah. Whereas if you don't hold yourself on that crazy high pedestal or that accountability. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, cool. Like if I do this one day instead of zero days, that's better. Yeah. Like what if instead of. Saying, I'm going to lose 20 pounds and January 1st, I'm going to start working out every day. What if you're like, hey, I'm going to go work out twice a week. Yeah. I'm going to set up five pounds yeah. for the next two months. Like something just. Yeah. Just small and tiny victories. And, and, and you can do it and you, and it, you're not going to feel like shit at the end of the day. That was a huge one for me. Like I heard we were talking about like some of our favorite podcasts mm -hmm. and uh drama or Chris Paff. He was talking about like how he like kind of turned his life around. And he was saying, he's like, I started by running and he's like, I hate running, but he's like, I went out and I ran any amount. And every day that he did it, he's like, that was a tiny victory. And anytime I had a tiny little victory, it would lead me to be like, oh, what other little victories can I have? Mm -hmm. And then you stack them. Instead of stacking failures, you stack victories and then you want to do more of that. So like, yeah. I want to read that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I was also going to ask you, you're big on reading. Yeah. Right. Oh, I could not be bigger on reading. That's awesome. Reading. Yeah. What, uh, like, what do you find yourself reading the most? Like, uh, I've just been reading a lot of, uh, books, like spiritual books. Yeah. Uh, so two books that really changed my life last year were Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. Okay. And that helped me kind of get out of depression because it it talks about how you shouldn't identify with anything in your life like you shouldn't identify with your job or your friends or your hobbies they should just be things that are happening in your life but you should be okay with any of those things like disappearing and you still being you and centered um which is why it 
kind of drives me crazy when like I go out and people are like, this is Babs from emo night. And I'm just like, yes, sure. Yeah. But like, there's well, so much more yeah. and it's, I get it. You have to kind of like file people away in a certain way, but, um, it helped me a lot because it's like, if you, you know, I've experienced depression for a long time in my life and but then it's I was always like, oh, I'm sad. Oh, it's because I have depression. And then it would just spiral me into feeling more that way because I justified it. Yeah. Whereas now if I feel like shit, like I'll wake up and I'll feel like kind of sad. I'll go to a yoga class and I won't identify what that is. It's yeah. just the feeling. Yeah. And I go to yoga and I do something good for myself. And I would say 98% of the time I immediately feel better. That's but that awesome. took me again like years to figure out. Yeah. But again, like that's I think the the coolest part of podcasting and just having discussions is like the more you talk about it, hopefully, you know, somebody can hear that and be like, huh, what if? Right. And mm -hmm. like maybe it skips maybe it saves somebody a year. And that's right. awesome. Yeah. Because it sucks to be in that spot. It sucks. And yeah. I've been in like the darkest spots, you know. I've been like real, real down and like real well. You know what's also really weird to me as I think about your story as I learned it in real time is you were saying even in the very beginning, like in school, if you got a B, you were like, nah, <laughs> like you had to get all A's, yeah. right? So it's like, strangely, I feel like the you that exists, every piece of it, like all the quirks and all had to be the person that you are to make what you made into influence and to like help the people you've helped and live the life you've lived because had you not that crazy detail had you not held your yourself so accountable you probably wouldn't have taken the steps that got you to these points oh totally not yeah but then had you not had the standard and like the not fully being a cop like you know like you did have that vision of there's something past this and mm. this isn't good enough. And like, you know, working in retail, seeing those pieces and all of the steps along the way being like, all right, what if we did our own thing? Having enough fun to be like, what if we did a club night? Like <laughs> yeah. that weird juxtaposition of both sides of you leading to all of it, I feel like gives the attention to detail to make it happen and get it done. But then also the self-awareness to keep it at a level but then also look out for yourself. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I tangented that a little too hard, but it's really interesting. All of the the back and forth that has led you to be you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> but the the person that I'm sitting down with now, like having you having accomplished all of that and starting to take care of yourself and learn this side of it is really inspiring to me. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool to me. Um is there anything like if somebody relates to your story and they kind of feel that like they love, they have a passion for something, music or whatever, they're also great with logistics and school and numbers and maybe just not finding their place, like kind of in that you trying a bunch of things. Like, is there any advice or anything that you would say to like a version of you that didn't know? Well, I would say if you want to start a business, begin with you really have to love the idea it can't just be this random thought that you think would make you money like if you're driven by money it's not gonna work 
if you're if you're not like super passionate about what that business is, I think it's never going to work because then in those times where you feel like giving up, you're going to give up because what is left? Yeah. You know, if if you think something will be really successful and make you a lot of money and it doesn't, you don't have that part where your heart is in it and that keeps you going and then it, you know, maybe gets you to that part. Um and then I think just the number one thing that um and this is so hard to do, but I guess I just keep telling myself because I still have to do this, but just to really be present and appreciate all the things that are happening. I mean, I think back uh, to like like the last five years even and uh, so many cool things have happened. And unfortunately, I didn't enjoy most of them because I was so stressed out and so worked up and and like wanting to make sure that everything is happening perfectly and one of the times where i just kind of was like fuck it was when from first to last played at emo night and um that whole day i was so nervous and i was just like is this even gonna happen like they were sound checking and i'm like are they even gonna come back and play and then once they hit the stage i just went in the crowd and like moshed and like jumped around i was like this is amazing and but i forced myself to do that because there have been so many cool moments where I'm just like, oh, is like the light right? Is like the sound good? Is it is this recording? Like, yeah. are all the elements there? Yeah. Um, I spiritually relate to that yeah. feeling. I think everybody does. You're yeah. just like always thinking about what's next. And, yeah. Or like what's going to go wrong or, you know, instead of just thinking like, oh, this is so cool. And I worked so hard for this to happen. Like, why not just enjoy it? But you probably loved that moment when you were just in that crowd. I it's I'll never forget it. That's what's also so on their cool. Wikipedia page. Yes, <laughs> which that is was, like the sickest thing, you know. That night, like just all of the thank yous for that and everything, because that I'm was so perfect. happy you were there. Oh yeah, it was so iconic. I, we couldn't tell anybody about it. I yeah. I texted my one friend Ben, who introduced me to them, um, when I was in high school. And I had to. I was like, dude, you have to come. But he was like the only person I told. Damn. Yeah. I don't even think I, I think I just knew it was like, hey, show up tonight. I think okay. it was just to that. Yeah. And I was like, I. I mean, word definitely got out, but not because of us. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I knew. Okay. But. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I think, I think word either got out that it was happening or that um, it was like, you, you couldn't miss it or something. Yeah. It was like one of those where it was just like, show up tonight. Yeah. But that's no. That's, that's really cool that you got to see. That was iconic. That was actually iconic, and it's so cool that you say that. And all of what you just said there, I think, is so real. And I think of those moments even for myself. You know, like I mm-hmm. remember, like so many warp tours, right? Like I was like I had done so many warp tours, and I took it so seriously, and I was tour managing. And I remember like the moments that I look back on the most was like crowd surfing to motion city soundtrack like Mm -hmm. late at night like they were the last band to play and it was just like go and just like going nuts in those little times Mm -hmm. and there could have been so many more of those yeah and that's crazy to me but it's um, like what's the point if you're not just enjoying it yeah yeah point like any day could be our last day like it really could i yeah i know the the kobe thing messed me up real bad because of that totally but, yeah, that, I, I think that came at a, I mean, it's so incredibly unfortunate, but I think it it really like impacted people in a way where they, they realize that like life is incredibly short. And unfortunately, it takes moments like that to yeah. really resonate that message. 
Yeah. And I think like, to me, like <laughs> this is going to, this could be a very deep one. So I don't want to go off too, too far on it, but it's like things like that. Like that's the worst loss that you could ever have. But at least to me, if somebody, if, if I was lost too soon, all I would want is to tell people to remind them to live their lives in the moment and, and not take things for granted. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have something like that happen and it's like, let that be the reminder. Mm -hmm. Don't let it like, that's as close as it has to be. Yeah, it's just so hard to actually live every day like that. I know. I know. It really is. But again, like like you said, the little habits. Like if you can just have those little moments, if you can have 15 minutes of that in a mm -hmm. day, then that's better. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, damn. Well, thank you for telling me the craziest <laughs> story and getting deep there at the end too. For sure. I really liked this. This was awesome. Yeah, Did I so miss fun. anything important? I Did mean, I? I don't think so. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I don't want to like, I don't want to miss any like very, very important details or if there was anything else that you wanted to say as far as like self-care or anything like that. And I, I could talk about self-care for like a million years, but I think, I think I covered all the, the basics. I think that could cool. help people out. Cool. I, uh, I think about that too. Like the whole idea of this podcast is like tell somebody's story and, you know, like kind of get into the now, but as it grows, I've, I've talked to so many people that have this incredible perspective on things that I didn't even expect, you know, right. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, it could have been like, how do you throw the perfect event, but <laughs> yeah. like self-care, right. Things like that. So I like the idea of even having people come back and like really getting into one specific thing. So anybody listening, if you want to hear more of this, let us know. Oh my God. I genuinely want to know, <laughs> like I really do, but thank you. Cause I, I found this really helpful. Amazing. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So there you have it. Babs's story. I'm so impressed by her. All of the work that she's put in. Like, it's truly amazing. If you want to hear more from her, if you want to hear more on a specific topic, let us know. If you made it this far and you loved it, do me the biggest favor and share the episode. That's been like the best way for this podcast to grow is just natural word of mouth. So it's a huge favor for me and I really do appreciate it. With that said, I'm out. Thanks for listening.